Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Creatives Ignite. It used to be called Design Recharge. If you haven't joined us in a while, I'm super excited to have one of my um, favorite teachers, uh, favorite illustrators, and um, just he's a really cool, great guy. He's from Canada. He's from the Pacific time zone, so it's 1130 for him, um, but it's Tom Frost, and you might know him from Skillshare. I found his work probably in a communication arts, and I'd ripped it out, which I almost never rip out those things because I think those are like precious things that I like to go back to, but your work has inspired me for years, so I, you've been on my list of people that I wanted to um to interview, and you said yes, and I'm so excited to have you, so Tom, just in case somebody doesn't know who you are, um, can you tell us a little bit about you and maybe show us something if you if you want? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks first, Diane, for for having me. Uh, you said very kind words, and so I really appreciate that. And hello to everyone who is is here. And uh, I'll I'll uh, just kind of jump into a little mini presentation that I created for today, just so you guys, like Dan Diane said, can get a chance to know a little bit about me if you if you don't already. So I'm going to share my screen and hope and it you, works. You love retro stuff. So there's some things that you love to, you do things a lot digitally, but you also do things with your hands, which is one of the things that I love. And you teach classes on style. You have a new one on Skillshare. Anyway, keep going. I'm not interrupting you anymore. I am, as Diane said, an illustrator and a teacher. And yesterday I kind of, I made a post on Instagram that sort of is like, I'm maybe reintroducing myself as Mr. Tom Froze. This is kind of like a, a, a funny little thing I decided to do just to embrace the fact that while I am an illustrator, um, I think everything that I'm doing really feels like it. it's, it culminates in my teaching and my relationship between teaching and illustrating are, it's very, it's a very tight relationship. They, they play off one another, but um, you may, if you wish, call me Mr. Tom Froze, or you can just call me Tom Froze. Um, the Mr. is just there as my little like embracing of the fact that uh, yes, I am a teacher. So just a quick little view of some of the work that I do. As Diane said, I am influenced and inspired by retro and I would say specifically 1950s, 1960s, maybe the early 1970s. And so this is just a smattering of what I do. Um, over the years, I've actually kind of pushed it away from more direct I, I wish I had some older work to show you guys, but over the years, I've kind of pushed it away from like directly riffing on kind of that retro look and it's become more and more my, my own thing. So I do a lot of maps. Uh, I love doing anything that becomes a real thing. So if I can get my art up on a wall uh, in, in, in this case at the top, right, that's in a liquor store in a city near, near where I live. So yeah, just a little, quick picture of, of my illustration and my style. And this is just, uh, you know, some feathers in my cap here. I've worked for a whole bunch of different brands. These are just a few of them, maybe some of the more recognizable ones. And yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm really proud of the, the things that I've done as an illustrator, but the thing I'm most proud of is teaching. Uh, I really feel like that's really been my, my, my most valuable contribution. It's a place where I really feel like I, I truly help people. And I have classes like odd bodies, all my classes. I'm what I, what I try to do is listen for those questions that students are asking, like, what are those pain points? How do I find my style? How come my finals look rougher or how, sorry, put it in a different way. How come my sketches always look better than my final illustrations? These kinds of questions that I'm hearing, I want to try and answer them because I've tried, I've thought about these things myself and, and my approach in all my classes is, is of course, always about how did I do that in my work? And it's the, what I always aim for in my classes is not to show people 
how I do things so that they can do things the way I do things. What I try and do, and anyone who's taken my classes knows this, that I always pack the beginning with a lot of like why we're about to do what we're going to do with the aim that anyone who takes these classes, if they're willing to put in the work, can take my principles and, and whatever I'm teaching and use it in their own way. So these are just uh, this first class, this first board here is about, uh, it's a class about how to, how do I illustrate people in a stylized and expressive way? And so it's just fun to look at all the different student projects. Another class that I did, and I, I kind of touched on this, how do I make my final illustrations look as good as they felt in the sketches? And so drawing toward illustration was a class where I, I tried to really dive into that question. And the student projects in that class are probably for me, like the most insanely impressive because they're so detailed. And uh, it's really the students who make these classes what they are when they show their work and engage with the, cl with the class projects in this way. Uh, another class I'm really proud of is the style class where this is, of course, the, the question for every illustrator. How do I find my style? And in this, cl in this class, I, I, I realized as I was making it, you don't find your style. You work it out. You, you develop it over... Uh, you don't do this, you can't just illustrate one illustration and then say, that's my style. You, you kind of have to work it out and, and, and observe and pay attention. So this class gives you that, that chance to really, um, it's basically a, a 26 day project. Students create one a day or one a week or whatever cadence they want. And the idea is through that, that's how you're going to figure out clues to your style. So really proud of that one. And, um, I wish I could just show you the, all the projects from, from these classes. Of course, there's no time for that. Most recently, I, this month, actually, I just launched a, a class, a little bit new for me because this is less of a creative class. It's more of a, a strategy class. This one's called the Six Stages of Illustration. And it's really about how to stay in control in the creative driver's seat when you're working with clients on illustrations. I think the, the question or the pain points that people have is the client keeps changing their mind or they keep asking for more and more revisions. And, and I, I thought we were doing this and now they want to do that. Those kinds of questions are um, tricky and they can throw off the creative, make us actually kind of, uh, it, it can be frustrating. So that's what this class tries to address and gives students a system for how to lead their clients more effectively through the illustration process. So I just wanted to say uh, as a thanks for, for being here, um, I'm offering 25 free access links to my new class, The Six Stages of Illustration. If you go to tomfrose.com slash ignite, you'll go there to a little landing page and there are 25 links. So you got to get there and uh, try and get one. But if, well, go to the page and there you'll, you'll, see, you'll see what's there. So um, yeah. John Ingalls said he already, here. before you put that up, he had already signed up. He's like, I just signed up to watch that one. So I'm super excited. I think that's great. So you got one that wasn't in the 25, but that's awesome. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to. Um, some of you guys may have seen, and I think a bunch of people in the chat have, they are fans of yours and there is so, and you have some other teachers. Catherine's also a professor as well. Um, and awesome. I, and Andre said he just signed up and he's a great illustrator as well. Um, so how far can you give me a, like a little bit of like back more background? Like as a kid, were you always drawing? Were you, did you study, did you want to go to school and study art or illustration or did you do design and illustration or can you just mm -hmm. take me back a little bit? Sure. So I feel like every, everybody drew when they were a kid, but so, so that's true of me. I, I was definitely an artist, uh, artistic kid and I grew up in a creative family and was always encouraged in that way. I didn't really have a lot of direction in that sense in high school. I was a pretty bad student. Long story short, I ended up going more of a tech route. I ended up going into like computer engineering, uh, and along the way, I started realizing, yeah, this, this isn't a good fit. And I started rediscovering creativity. And I just kind of chanced upon the design department at the school I was going to. And I was like, oh, 
this, this is where I belong. I want to do this. So I ended up finishing my, my first diploma and then getting in, uh, then uh, getting into art school a few years after that for design. So I went to school to become a graphic designer. That's what I fell in love with first. Illustration wasn't really a thing at first for me, but at school, I was very, I was introduced to illustration as a thing that designers could also do. And I had an internship with a studio that did amazing like hand lettering and illustration. They were working for, you know, New York times and they were doing some cool work. Wow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, I was very fortunate in that first internship, whereas, yeah, very inexperienced. I did uh, my first illustration commission for a magazine. I did the cover and a whole bunch of uh, things inside. I did a cover of a national magazine in Canada. I really, oh yeah, I also became sort of like a regular contributor to the local newspaper in Halifax where my art school was. And so I started doing illustration in art school as a designer, as a design student. And so it was just like, it became just one of my things that I did as a, as a designer. So and end up graduating, moving to the West Coast, got a job as an art director and worked in that capacity for uh, a few years. And it, it became increasingly apparent to me that I'm more of an illustrator, not so much a designer. I love design, but uh, the, my temperament is much more suited. And I, and I think my skills as well, they're just much more at home in creating a f images rather than systems. I feel like when you're a designer, you're doing systems. As an illustrator, you're focused more on the images that go as part of these systems. And all the while, what I love about design is the problem solving aspect. And the, the, you know, you learn so much when you're a designer, you're always like researching and, and getting in the mind of your client and their audiences and stuff like that. So I get to do that as an illustrator, but it's just much more focused and much more visual. And that just um, became increasingly something that I wanted to do. And so I sort of quit, went freelance, First as a like designer. How old and, were you when you went freelance? Oh, sorry. Um, I'm just trying to get a timeline. Oh, old. Well, yeah, timeline. Sorry. I'm, I'm trying to give the broad strokes here. So I actually, my late bloomer. So I got into art school at 26, uh, graduated it, around 28, 29. So I, t by the time I was 29, that's when I got my first you know, design job. I was in that for uh, a, a few years. It was when I was, I'd say, 32 that I started freelancing. 32 or 33. And it was when I was uh, just about within that first year freelancing, I got an illustration agent. And uh, from that point forward, I, I would say that I, I kind of fully jumped on to like being a, a full-time freelance illustrator. The one thing I'm hearing, because um, this it's great to hear this part of the story. One thing I'm hearing is that um, it's totally fine, no matter when you do it, when you start, right? When you go in, but you do dove in, you realized where you were, um, your passion and your abilities kind of aligned. And then you, I mean, to get that great internship, but then you also must have been, um, if you were getting regular work from some of the same places, that means that you were easy to work with. You were, um, you were willing to take either art direction or give new ideas that they were consistently seeing that was because that does still, even if you're 32 going out on your own, that's still pretty young, you know, like, and it's ballsy. That's an okay word to say. Um, if we're talking about our cussing words, um, my mom's okay with that one. Um, Anna McCambridge in Orlando asked, how important is it to have an agent? Because also you getting an agent early, that that's early for having only a few years out. So these are remarkable, mm -hmm. but I also think you're pretty remarkable as an illustrator, but I also, I'm going to have to push back on the whole systems thing because when you do a map or you do that thing in the liquor store, that's a system where you have all these parts with these houses and these people and 
all these like scenes going on, that's your system brain at work. So I would say maybe not as, um, but that's that designer coming in as an illustrator. Don't you think maybe? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if you, if you think about a, a designer's role in a creative process and the illustrator's role, the designer has to put up with a lot more crap because can I say crap? Yes, that's an okay. One. I'm not saying crap. Yeah, yeah. The designer has to. The designer has to onboard the client, persuade them that they need an illustration for X, Y, or Z, mm -hmm. and that's where I come in. I don't need to sell myself. The the art director sold me already, and I come in and I I get to just do. I focus on making sure I deliver on that illustration. And I yes, it's a system. I agree. But it's very specialized. I, I think you, designers are more generalists, and that's that is not a, a bad thing. It's just a different mode of of operating. So, I'm I'm much more happy when I know exactly what my role is, and that I can go away, I can do that, and come back with what I was asked to do. And I th I think I think that's another thing that just ha happens to fit my temperament is that. I, I, my working style is very much like, I'm happy to collaborate, but I also really want to know exactly what, what's mine. I want to be able to go away and pour myself into that and then bring it back. So I found, I just find I'm able to do that much more naturally as an illustrator than as a designer. Yeah. I'm not telling you go back to design. I would hate to lose your uh, amount <laughs> of illustration. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying like, to me, the maps and the things that have lots going on. I think it's why I like them. Um, there was Richard Scary. Do you remember who he was as an illustrator? Uh, that was like a book that I used to look at a lot. And there were mm -hmm. lots of scenes going on in one big, you know, spread of one of those books. And it was mm -hmm. very captivating. And I could mm -hmm. look at those books for a long time. And your illustration has some of that. I think that's his name. Scary. Richard Scary. Yeah. yeah the yeah. busy world of Richard Scary. Yeah. And so I just remember like you're, it, it, they're different, but you have those activation areas. And then there's these things behind somebody else. And um, you, know, you don't always do that, but to do that, it takes, it's actually a lot of, um, it's not the way I'm able to work. Uh, maybe it's just my ADHD brain, but I love looking at it, but I mm -hmm. can't, um, or not yet, maybe, but that's, that is something that you do so well. And, and I would love to pick your brain. That could be a whole nother class on Skillshare next whole class. Thing, yeah. um, but it, it seems like it is this activated area, but it does seem like you were able in a short amount of time to get an agent to get seen. Mm -hmm. So I have some other questions that weren't on the sheet that have just come up from this, but Anna, I always love to make sure that I get their questions. So Anna McCambridge, mm -hmm. she wanted to know, how important is it to have an agent or how, how important was it for you to have an agent? For me, it was very important. And, and I don't think every illustrator needs an agent. I think agents and illustrators are, you know, they're, te they're a team, right? For me, it was about, so I was working in Vancouver and I had, my sort of word of mouth reputation covered and, and I was getting a lot of work out of my city, but I, I, I don't know about other cities, but, and I, I think it's the same, like there's a culture, uh, a, a sort of like in, in Vancouver, it's real estate and developers and certain industries and certain expectations, certain ways, uh, certain rates, ceilings for rates, I want to get outside of my bubble. And so I made it a point of getting an agent outside of Canada. You and searched so I was for looking, them? Yes. Okay. Um, so this is like, I, this, the short answer is it's important to have an agent as an ally if you want to get work that is outside of your natural reach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's that's a huge benefit, and you can choose a an agency, or you can choose to apply to an agency outside of your jurisdiction, outside of where you are. And I think that's a good thing. So yeah, I 
I, I did a lot of research, tried to find agencies with rosters or like work in their portfolio that kind of felt like a place I would like to be a part of. So you, you should be, there's a whole other thing, but you should definitely do your research, find it, find ones that share something common with you. You don't have to have work that looks like it. You should want to be a part of that. And you, you'll see some agencies that have work that you don't really feel like you're, you're going to be a part of, and you shouldn't go with those because uh, you want that kind of partnership. You want that, that feeling of uh, there, you, you know, you guys are kind of on brand with each other. Okay, cool. That's a good, that's, yeah. those are good things to look for. Like your values are aligned and also that um, maybe you offer something that they don't currently currently have, or they do work with places exactly. that you align with also in, in your values. Um, mm-hmm. And Anna says, thanks for asking. Good answer. So she, she's awesome. going with the Mr. Tom, which that is his Instagram handle, which I'll share in the end is again as well. So how, when you're doing that, and I'm sorry to go off member the safe word. I don't know if I told you, if you don't want to answer a question, just say rooster and I'll just move on. Okay. That's rooster. our safe word. <laughs> okay. okay. I wasn't, I wasn't saying it just there. I was <laughs> We're saying just it so I remember on. it. Okay. No worries. I have a chicken I can pull out if you need to remember. So I have a literal rooster in my back, my backyard. I used to have chickens, but no rooster. My sister (laughs) asked this question. So my sister's super smart. She got a lot of the other side of the brain. Um, She said, well, how can you have eggs if you don't have a rooster? I was like, uh, we can't have chicks, but me and you, Vicky still produce eggs every month without a rooster. Anyways, you learn a lot about how eggs are made when you have (laughs) when you have hens. You do. And they're they are ours live to 13 our Mm. last. So they live a good long time. I didn't know if you knew that. Did you know how long they lived? Uh, I think I did. Yeah, we we did a lot of reading with our girls about they're really interested in in that. And the chickens are theirs. So well, good. Okay, back to non rooster. Sorry for the getting off track, but so how much were you drawing? Like when you're, you're working at an agency, are you just filling up sketchbooks? Are you working more digitally? Are you combining those? Cause in a lot of the classes you're doing some combination things. Um, mm-hmm. And were you look working on different styles or just how, how prolific were you or are you? So is your question about like working with, like just in general, when, like in my day-to-day as I'm doing client work, is that kind of the the question? Yes. Like, what am I doing between jobs or whatever? Yes. Yeah. So when client work is coming in, I'm just working on that project at whatever stage I'm in. I, I think a lot of, most of, most of what I do creatively is very much focused around whatever goals or tasks I have at, the, at that time. So like if I'm working on a client project, anything that I'm obviously anything that I'm creating within the scope of that project is very focused around uh, whatever I need to do for that. That includes sketching and drawing and, you know, those, those kinds of things. I could easily get into the weeds to answer, answer that kind of, that, that question, but it, 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 I'm, I'm sensing that like, like in, in general, like I'm not always drawing. Like I, I, I like I like to say that without clients, I really have nothing to to draw about. So I probably wouldn't draw a whole lot. You know, I I I feel like I'm not always in the habit of just drawing for drawing's sake. I'm actually this year trying to do more of that, but I think, I think most of what I'm doing is usually towards some specific goal. I'm not usually like just drawing, like I, I don't make, if you look at any of my illustrations in their complete form, I, I almost never make those unless I'm being commissioned an assignment. Okay. So then for the Skillshare classes, you're coming mm-hmm. up or you're using things or you're making things that are either maybe self-promotion and Catherine's like, Oh God, I'm not alone on that. And Matt would, <laughs> I know he draws a ton, but it's also like so much of our time is spent working on client work. So I, I guess then my next question that again is not on the sheet. So rooster, if you want, but then how, 
at some point, do you get burnout of, because as a designer, I, I also, I really like boundaries. I like for somebody to say, Hey, I need this. And then I'm like, Oh, I can solve that. Or, Hey, I need this. I can solve that. Um, it's more, uh, maybe in the last five or six to 10 years that I've tried to work on drawing more because I Mm -hmm. want to be an illustrator. Um, I think I am an illustrator now, but I, I have to always, I type aspiring and then I erase it and just type illustrator. But, but I mean, I think of myself more as a designer than an illustrator. Um, but in that, like, do you worry about, or do you just have really good balance that you have? Um, you're not just, uh, you're not just burning out on doing your work. This wasn't a very good question. I'm sorry. I should, that's why I no, write no. them down. No, it's okay. I, I, if I may, I, I think, I think what I, what I'm hearing is like, is, is it, does it wear me out if I'm only drawing for, cl- for client projects enough, right. not for personal reasons? Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is kind of like the reason I draw, like I, I, I love having uh, someone else say, say, we need this. Can you do this? And it gives me like the, like someone said in the comments here, gives me focus. I, I can be very unfocused. I don't know if you find yourself on Saturdays, like with a thousand things you could spend your day with, but then you stay in your pajamas all day and then it's dinner time and you feel like, a, a, you know, you feel totally like, ah, where'd the day go? And that's kind of, I think, what would happen with any of my creative skills if I didn't have uh, a purpose to them. You know, I like to think that I'm more than just about money and commerce, but I, I really believe that out of a sense of honesty, I the reason I illustrate is because uh, someone's depending on me to do it and I get it done because of that. And, and I like the challenge of doing that. I think there's more to it than just the art. I like the, the chasing of, of that challenge. And um, I like seeing a client satisfied with what I've done. I like being able to share what I made. I'm always proud of what I made. And I like being able to share that as kind of my, my, the reward at the end. So I think, I think, I, I, I don't find that I get negatively burned out by client work because that's all I do. And I don't get a chance to do personal work. I, I feel like there's just such a blurry line between personal work and professional work. Everything I'm doing is always toward some goal that I have, whether I'm promoting a class or I'm, I'm thinking about an idea that I want to share somehow on Instagram. And I'm maybe doing some lettering, some lettered phrase that I've thought of. And then I do my caption to me, that's not personal work. That's it's all work. It's all stuff I'm thinking about and it comes out naturally. So whether, yeah, whether it's client asked me to do it or whether I feel compelled to do it or else my Instagram profile will die and the algorithm will forget <laughs> me. It's, it's all, it's all me just like, it's welcome pressure to, to keep going. That's great. Okay. So Courtney, she's one of my alumni. She asked, um, and then we got much more questions coming in. She said, do you have illustration blocks? How do you work through them? I create a block. Yeah. But like with illustration, I guess, like, I don't know exactly. Maybe it's style or if it's just like, how do I solve this? Mm-hmm. I think there's some, some challenges that are harder to wrap my mind around than others. But the only solution to that is to 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 work. I don't know who said this. It's a quote that's kind of stuck with me. You know, don't wait for inspiration. Get mm-hmm. to work. You you just have to work it out. And of course, it's easy to say, but but if if one of you said, you know, Tom, I'm experiencing create a block. What should I do? And I'm and I just say got to work it out. See you later. See you in the morning. Uh, like it's, that's not going to be very helpful. What, what I've developed and really what the six stages of illustration is about is giving you a process that you can enter in. And if you follow this process and you're familiar with it, and you know how it integrates with whatever illustration you do, whatever those, those things are that you do, 
you're not going to feel stuck nearly. I would say like, in a sense, I never get stuck. And, and it's, it's because yes, I have no idea. Let's just say client comes to me today, says we want to illustrate these things for whatever and we'll need them in a month. I don't know what is going to exist in a month. And that's a good thing. Creative projects should never start with a like a predefined, you know, something that something that you already see. Like I I, I don't solution, if you, if, right? Yeah, you if you already yeah. see the solution, you haven't thought about it enough. Mm-hmm. It's not a and and so it can be overwhelming if all you think about is what is that thing going to be? What is that thing going to be? Uh, a process like what I, what I present in my class is that it breaks a big thing into smaller chunks. So you may not know what that finished result is, but I know that the very first thing that I do is ask my client questions to make sure I understand what the HE double hockey sticks they want me to do. That one's okay too, though. Uh, that one's all right? Yeah, that one's Okay. We're talking S word, F word, even ass is okay, but keep going. Sorry for the sidebar. I think H-E double hockey sticks just sounds better than the. the It does sound really good. And it's so good for you. I think I love it. Keep going. First, I just need to know what, what does the client want me to do? That's very important. I will never start a project until I know exactly what it is I'm supposed to do. Once I do that, I can move on to the next step. I can dive in, get into the world of the subject that I'm, I'm working on. For me, that looks a lot like downloading images or looking at images on Google images, maybe looking on Wikipedia and, and getting some, wrapping my mind around some concepts that I'm unfamiliar with or reading an article or a story or a script or whatever it is. I can do that. That doesn't take, that, I don't, just, you, you don't get blocked looking for images in Google. No. You can't get creative block doing that. Next thing is start drawing those images that you gathered, you can't get creatively blocked from drawing a thing that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Just draw the, just draw the pictures. That's, that's my job in that moment, not to have ideas yet. So the next stage, start to come up with ideas. This is always the hardest part. Then you're facing with the blank page. But by the time you get there, you spent time doing all that back work and drawing already. So you're kind of primed. You're ready to go. And then you can start, you, you have things in your recent memory that you can start putting down on the paper uh, as, as your first go. And then I, I think this is, this is where I think practice, experience, and hard work really come into play here. That's where I, I think the most, most of that, you know, work it out thing that I was saying earlier really applies. Now that you've done all this research, you know all this stuff. You have some symbols or meanings or whatever in your head that you can draw from. That's where it's like, you got to work it on the page. And that just, that just takes experience and learning how you do that. And, and then so on and so forth. The process goes just these small things until you get to the end. And you're like, I did that. And that's, you know, you're talking about some of my more busy kind of illustration work, like my maps with all the different parts. And you think you could never do that. I don't start off and just put it up. <laughs> I don't, I don't think like that either. I, I very much break things down into what am I doing right now? And then, and then, then everything I do creates an element for me to work into the next thing. One thing I love about your Skillshare classes, and I tried to like go back through a bunch of them and, um, and I don't remember where I saw this, but um, which one at least was you drew it. You kind of, drew it with looking at a reference and then you put the reference away. Maybe it was a different day and you tried to draw it from memory. And that Mm -hmm. was like, that's where you, Tom came out. That's where when I draw it, it's not going to be drawn like Tom. It's going to be drawn like Diane. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That I thought was like, that was like a, a, a light bulb moment for me. The other thing I notice in, and you do, you tend, you're such a great teacher in this. Like I can learn from you as a teacher. So, because you are, you'll take it as a chunk and you do this and some of it's analog and then some of it's digital. And then you go to analog and then you, so there's this like back and forth, really nice. Um, um, I don't know. It, it's like a, 
it's like a nice marriage instead of it being all or one. And I, mm. I love that because then it's, it's like a chunk and I don't have to get everything done in that one, in that one setting. And sometimes the pressure, I think when something is a month away, I think you're saying, you know, take it in small steps, do these things. You're not going to get blocked if you just, um, you know, think about it, live with it. You don't know what's going to happen, but you know, you know, because you've had experience and you haven't let your clients down that you are going to solve it. it you haven't mm -hmm. like hit a wall where you couldn't solve something because you're, you are continually, um, you know, attacking it from maybe different angles. You're maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but. No, no, it's, it's, um, I think it's on the money. I think even when I do find that I'm not getting anywhere in my ideas, it just means that I, I either I don't I haven't asked the right questions or I need more information. I need to stop. I need to take a break. I need to pull someone else in and, and uh, for them to look through my really rough ideas when I'm working on illustrations and I have, uh, or on my sketches and I have maybe 50 different, iterations i'm not going to show my client all those it's going to overwhelm them uh it's not it's not their job to figure out what's good it's my my job so i'll call my wife in and she i trust her and and, and i'll say like which of these makes the most sense or which of these like i'll give her a little bit of background and she'll and i just let her or i invite her to just say say what she thinks and that's that's a helpful thing sometimes you need outside feedback on what you're working on in order to move to the next thing. I think that's a huge thing. Sometimes you have to be willing. Like sometimes when I show my wife stuff, I get silence because she doesn't want to hurt my feelings. I know that she doesn't like any of it. And so yeah, I, I'm like, oh, just say, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, I know I'm mad because I know that I haven't, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. But it's that that makes me realize, like, let go of that you have to start again and do some more things. You have to try some other things. So I don't know. I feel like we, we have this feeling like if it doesn't come e easily, if, if it doesn't feel like the gods are bestowing upon us, create the feeling of creativity and we're, we're just making our magic happen on the screen. Right. I like then then it means we're not creative, but mm. I think, I think it's more like if you go to, if, if you're working out and you go to the gym, it's not hard. You're not getting strong. If, mm -hmm. if, if you're doing pushups with, you know, your little pencil here, that's, that's, that's you know, there's weight to it, but I'm, I'm not going to get stronger. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird analogy. No, that's but... a totally good analogy. I would totally use that analogy. I love <laughs> yeah, weird. Awesome. Ones. Expect that creativity and creative problem solving, which illustration is. Is going to be hard. It's it, it <laughs> if it's if it's not hard. If it just comes easy, sometimes I hope it is easy. But it, but I think if it's easy all all the time, maybe maybe there's more you could be doing, or or maybe there's some mm. hidden things you could be discovering that 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 you're not. That is because yeah, I think. I think effort and struggle are ultimately good if you prove to yourself that you can overcome it over and again. I actually think that's where, where confidence comes from in terms of our creativity is not, not just a, uh, an abstract feeling of we're creative and we're feeling the juices flowing, but proving to ourselves that after, through, after all that struggle, we came out on top, we did it and we do it again, we did it. And that that's where our confidence when a client says, can you take on this thing? And we're thinking that's, that's really scary, but I'm going to say yes to it because I did it the last time. Well, I love that. Cause it's like, if you are, I love to hike. And I remember when I lived in Colorado, I would hike 14ers, but it wasn't like I was just going to hike one and be like, Oh, I've hiked a 14er. You want to do it again. Mm -hmm. And you want the challenge and you wouldn't necessarily go hike the exact same hike. You want to hike a different one or you want to take on a new challenge. And what you're saying is that's how you see growth, um, which I love. So we're almost out of time. So I want to ask you some of these because I've only gotten one question answered from my sheet. Um, but um, Amy says, uh, Mr. Tom Prost, great stuff. Awesome. So she's 
super enjoyed it. I know she'll come back and listen to the rest of it. So I'll try to do these faster, maybe. But how far into your career do you think you had developed a style? Do you think at 32, when you went out on your own, you had um, one style or more than one style or you were still refining a style? I think style is not just one thing that you discover that you have and then you stick with it for the rest of your life. I think it, it evolves with you and changes depending on, on how you need to use your illustrations, for instance. So when I, so I had the, the opportunity and the good fortune to have this internship I talked about in art school. And for some reason, I was able to illustrate without having any illustration experience. But when I think about it, what my art director gave me for a reference, she said, I want you to illustrate this thing for this. I want you to do it in this style. And she showed me uh, an artist's work. His name's Matthew Brannan. And I think she, she, she was my type teacher. So she may have had a sense of what I was capable of already, but she, she just trusted me to do it. And it was totally at my alley. Um, and I, I, it's, it's kind of abstract because I'm talking about visual stuff, but it was kind of a collage mm-hmm. um, cutouts, scanning in bits, writing over top with ink, like a nib pen. This is all stuff that I already had been doing a little bit. So she must've seen that. Anyway, that was my first style was this, this digital collage with cutout bits, very crudely cut out. Not a, like I, 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 I didn't even sketch a whole lot at the time. I, I would go right on the computer, use my mouse, just cut out a, a shape of a stethoscope really badly on purpose, just kind of shoot from the hip and it just kind of worked out. And so this became the, 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 the seed for my first style. And that became what, what my first class inky illustrations was based on. Everything I did in that class was what I had developed from that point in my internship. And then <laughs> there's such a long answer to this question, Diane. So uh, okay. I, I'll, I'll just say that this is the style that I attracted my first agent with and which I worked with for the first few years. And I started running into challenges with that style as the kinds of illustrations that I was being asked to do became more complex, perhaps illustrate a scene or illustrate people like with faces and character. Uh, Cause I didn't draw people at that time. Everything was very abstract, um, more conceptual, more designy. Scared of p- people? Like yeah, drawing, drawing people? people? Yeah. I was scared of people. No, uh, yeah. That's not what I meant. Because I'm scared of drawing. I was scared of drawing faces for a long time. And now mm-hmm. I'm scared of drawing bodies. I've watched the odd bodies. Mm-hmm. And that was like a huge, like, you can do it. It can be anything. And I think that uh, I just wondered if that was something you were just because you didn't like that or you were avoiding it like I was avoiding drawing faces. Mm-hmm. I avoided it because I didn't think I was good at it. And I, mm-hmm. I think generally that's a good way to go. Like, if you're not good at something, you you know, professionally, you shouldn't do it <laughs> or work you know, on it. Right. Spend some time developing. Like that's skill. not to discourage people from working on it and developing it, but that is not good. If you're, if, if you're bad at it, don't, don't make it part of your promise. Right. Um, and I, and I, I recognize that, but you know, I think obviously bit by bit, I did try and, and, and built up a way of doing things, but what I had to do was, find a way of illustrating that could do handle this specific kind of um, subject matter. And so my process over the years has really changed. My work today looks very different than it did six or seven years ago, or even four years ago, probably. I think about four years ago is when it started changing to what I have now, uh, you know, and it really changed to, to meet the kind of needs and problems that I was trying to solve. Um, and a lot of it is like t- different tools became available to me. I, I, I stopped being so adamant that I needed to do a bunch of stuff in physical media and, and work in that way. That used to be like what I felt my identity as an illustrator was. And 
then I was like, I, I started playing around with digital tools using a Wacom tablet. And I had one of those Wacom tablets that didn't have a screen at first. And I, mm-hmm. I, I hated it. it. It didn't make my work any better. So it was a kind of an awkward stage of me trying to use digital tools, trying to figure out how digital brushes work for me. And since I got an iPad and an Apple pencil and started using AstroPad, which turns your mm-hmm. iPad into a screen-based graphics yeah. tablet for your Mac, mm-hmm. that and that's a, a free plug, I guess, for AstroPad. But I um, I found that changed a lot for me. I started doing a lot more of my work just digitally. And then I started, it, it opened up new possibilities. And so, yeah, I'd say my style has always been an evolution of me trying to match up. What do I want to do? What are What is the look I'm going for? What are the tools I have? What are the kinds of problems that I need to solve? And then, and then all the while, um, letting other things go as I try to make everything more cohesive. Because I'm very um, conscious about my uh, making sure there's an overall co- cohesion to everything that I'm doing, and and I don't want there to be confusion about that in terms of like when clients come, I don't want them to have too many different variations of what my ability. Just because I can, I want it to be clear make sure that there's not as many options uh, to, to try and sort through. So, Well, it's hard to be everyone for everything. So having styles that are limited, uh, I mean, your styles aren't limited, but then that way they know that they can come to you for blank and then you're attracting the right kind of people, uh, I think. So, um, mm-hmm. so, and that was kind of the next part. Like, do you think your style is constantly evolving? I think that, um, you kind of answered that question that you were, that it is, and you are constantly, and I guess that's kind of goes back to that question about how much you're drawing or how much um, you're doing for um, Instagram algorithm or whatever, when you're creating and making, you're making things for clients, but often things are under NDA or we can't share it for another six months or whatever it is because of their limitations. So then to keep the algorithm or keep so that you're still in front of people, you either have to do self-promotions or do things on social media. And uh, when you're trying something else, when you're trying something out for someone that's not paying you, it's just for you, you can be more exploratory or you, I would think you could be more exploratory. That's where I try to do other things, but I don't always share exactly. everything I exactly. do. Right. Exactly. Yes. So, so when you like what, how old were you? Cause I'm just trying to do timeline again. In the last seven minutes, how old were you when you started teaching on Skillshare? Uh, I guess 35. Okay. So then what was it that you saw that you were like, I want to do this. And then how did you Mm. know this was such Mm. a good part of who you were and what your purpose was, was to teach? Yeah. Well, it's another one of those lucky things where it kind of, it it just became evident through just trying Mm. Uh, well, let me back up here. So I was doing client work and my focus was on definitely doing only work that paid. And so Skillshare had come to me a few times in, a, I'll say around 2014. Mm. And they were kind of newer on the scene. And I think they were trying to recruit, you know, people to teach their classes or teach classes on their platform. And at first, when I saw those requests come in, I thought, okay, well, yeah, good deal for me. Like I put all this work into not only writing a class and producing the videos, uh, and and I might get, I might see something for it. Um, I didn't. It just seemed. It just kind of seemed like it. It. It was only advantageous to to Skillshare. Like the risk was all on me, whether it worked out or not. So I. I that was my perception, and so I declined a couple times. And I think a reason I was so averse to anything around like this kind of doing unpaid work was partly like as designers, we, we sort of are taught not to do spec work, right. Not to do anything. Don't do any work that you're not paid for. So that was, that that was my spidey sense there. But I had also finished, I had also taught a year of uh, intro design class at local university. And I, it was just one three hour class and I was spending 30 hours a week 
create, you know, planning the assignments and marking and grading. Cause it was my first class and yeah. I, I don't Man, have it takes training. a while for sure. Yeah. And I don't have formal training in teaching at that level. Nobody so, does. Do you know that? Even me, I never took any surprised. education classes, right? We just yeah. don't. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I don't even have a, a master's degree, right? Like, so. Um, yeah, just, but I have a master's just, degree. There is no teaching about, there's no, we didn't take classes about education. The biology professor you had didn't take classes about education. So really, Tom, you're just like me, except mm-hmm. I just have another piece of paper and who cares mm-hmm. about the piece of paper? Keep going, keep yes. going. I'm sorry. No, I get it though. Like there is no template for teaching, especially at the university level. And anyway, I was like, yeah, bang for buck. I, I can, I can, I can focus on client work and get paid and still have weekends. So I, I kind of went in that route and that's, that was basing my decision to decline Skillshare. But then I, I just thought, you know, it's kind of a neat opportunity. Skillshare is kind of like, I, I knew the brand and I was like, um, I was like, you know, what if, what if? And so I, I got, got in touch, I got back to them and I said, what if you meet me halfway? Like you produce my video, like I'll make the content, I'll rec- like, but if you help me kind of meet me halfway, so I feel like you're putting some risk into yeah. this along with me. That was just how I came into it. And they agreed. And so they don't do that anymore. It was just for that first class. And, and it was just my way of saying, like, if you really want me to teach, you know, let's, let's meet halfway. And they did that. And so obviously, what do I teach? I asked them, you know, what is it like? Why did you come? There's a very important question to ask. When people ask you to do something, you have to say, what? What did you see? Mm out there as a stranger that made you come to me like what is it that you think i'm good at and, and that, that at least gives me a starting point for how to um start even start writing class so i realized what they saw was this idea of like oh like you make these things with like handmade bits and stuff i was like what it ended up being was combining digital and analog illustration techniques so that was my first class and it wasn't because I thought it would pay. It wasn't because I thought it would um, develop me somehow. It's just like, uh, what if, let's try this. And that's always been my mindset about things is like, you, if, if an opportunity comes to you and if it keeps coming to you, then you should at least consider it and, and see how you can work, work it in. And it is honestly just ever since that class, the thing that I loved the most, and I was just sh- like blown away. Is like there are students in, I don't know, Czech Republic or Florida or, you know, wherever illustrating using the techniques that I taught and posting their projects. And it, it, it just was like an eye opener for me that I have reach. Uh, I, 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 can, I can give people something that they can actually benefit from and they love it. Like the reviews were good and the comments and the projects were really good. And so it was just very it, it was very affirming and it, it felt like I had always thought about being a teacher. I didn't like teaching in the u- university context. Uh, it, it just didn't work for me, but I found that I could teach online and it also turned out to be um, very motivating in terms of like what you can earn. So all those things kind of came together and uh, it's been increasingly uh what I do. It's just it just feels like that's that's where things are leading me. That's so. cool. So purpose, you have purpose in doing that. You see what you're able to do to help somebody else, which you're able to do that with clients, but now you're able to see that on a more individual basis. And mm-hmm. um you're paid with something you're paid, you're paid, but you're also paid with something that maybe a client isn't always giving you, which is um, that's a connection. There's a, a a lifelong connection to those students that you they might not ever know you. They may not ever be like me. Luckily, get to interview you, but they know um, they feel connected to you. And then you, if they're interacting in your class, they you will get to see them. And you, it's really amazing um, how it's something that multiplies. Right? It's that that. Um, you're proud for them. You're excited that they have the skill and it was something that they didn't have before they watched one of your things, or there was something that you did the way you taught helped them to get to that next place. And that's really, um, it's, it's not something that you can put a monetary value on it, but it so makes um, working so much more rewarding. I think for me at least. 
No, absolutely. I think, um, I, I don't know how much more time we have. Uh, I don't I wanna... have as much time as you want, but I have, uh, I mean, I don't want to take up all your time because you're important. And I, anyway, keep going. I, <laughs> I we can keep running. I just want to be conscious of your time because you're Mr. Top Prost, you know. We're all important. Um, we are. We're all important. So I think the one thing I'm thinking about right now is like, I think it's really important to people that we feel like we're good at something. Mm. Yes. More importantly, I think, I think we need to qualify that word good because it's so abstract and Mm. not quantitative. I think, I think we want to do, do work that we know works, works is a better word than good. Mm-hmm. And by works, it, it, it creates results that you intended mm-hmm. or at least results that you believe in and, and, and cherish or value. And so that's what I look for in my work. Not so much is it good because there's all kinds of things I could pick on in my work. Did it work as, as intended? Did it do what it was set out to do? Good. And I think that's, that's kind of, what we should be looking for is what can we do that works? And for me, teaching works. It creates results that not only do what uh, I intended, but kind of surprise me in some cases blow my mind. Not that my, my work or my, my classes somehow blew my mind, but I was like, I didn't realize that it was going to help people in this way. People come in and they, they tell me uh, how it helped them. I get, I get reviews that make me cry. I get, um, and, and just sometimes seeing people's work and what they pour into and what they say they've learned from a class uh, shows me that what I'm doing is working. And so that, that's, yes, I'm motivated to spend 300 400 hours in planning a class and developing it because it pays. And I know that that time that I'm spending and, and my family's like, where are you? I'm like, just is going to be worth it. I'm I'm getting there. It's going to, I need to make, I need to earn a living like all of us. I need to put food on the table, but, but, uh, and, but the reason I chose teaching as my way of putting food on the table is because it, it seems to work the best and it creates a lot of meaning in, in, in for me. And I, and I know just through what, how students are engaging with the classes that it, it's helping them too. So. Yeah, for sure. I think that it's um, we, as a teacher, we don't always get thanked or, um, as many at times, um, I've had some really terrible reviews, which really mm. also are terrible, you know, but you don't go out trying to hurt somebody. You're just, um, or you're not trying to make it hard or do something. So, but it's about refining. So like, okay, I'm going to tweak this and tweak this. And I think that's why mm. you having multiple classes, you continually are refining how you're teaching and what you're talking. So I love that this next one that you're doing, the six stages of illustration, it is different. And you said that, like, this is different than what I've done in the past. And I love that because that also shows us that we can continually be learning and then you'll be taking but uh, feedback. But I also think remembering for us as taking classes, even if you think you're invisible, it's really important to that teacher. They, you don't know how many reviews they've gotten. You don't know which what thing that you could say. I just think we always need to thank people um, who are our mentors or our teachers or the people who've been, gone ahead of us and done something. I think it's so important to thank them. And even if you're like, oh, I'm sure they'll never read that. I remember when um, Damien drew something and you liked it. And I was like, oh my gosh, Mr. Tom Frost, right? He liked your thing, Damien. He's like, I know I'm taking one of his classes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Like it, you don't, you, we don't realize how much, whether we're a teacher or not, you don't realize how much you liking something or commenting on something, even small will change somebody Hmm. or adjust we do need people who are like your wife and my husband and other of our friends who are going to tell us what's real, right? But that's mm-hmm. a smaller kind of uh, uh, 
it's not the internet, right? We shouldn't go for the internet for getting uh, creative advice on um, something specific that we're working on that we might be crushed by if somebody, you know, tons of people, we hadn't, you know, worked out all our faces yet or something, right? Um, Anyway, I'm just babbling. Um, I just, uh, I'm, just want to encourage people to reach out to people because it does make a difference. You, it that's a fuel for you um, to keep going, to create new things, and also ask when they ask questions. You kind of put that in a bank, and you could be like, "Hey, this might be a class I could do, or this this might mm-hmm. be something that oh, this this comes easier to me, but it maybe it doesn't come easier. I didn't realize this wasn't easy to most people, but I think having community and having conversations with people help you to refine what that next thing is. Um, Absolutely. So so I'm going to ask you this one because this is a teaching one. How has teaching changed you as an illustrator? Hmm. Yeah, well, I talked about this at the, at the off the top when I said that teaching and my illustration play off each other very tightly. One example of that is in how every time I write a class, I have to think more deeply about whatever aspect I'm teaching on. So um, like for instance, with inky maps, that was uh, my, my, my second or third class. And I wanted to do more maps as an illustrator. It was something I was excited about and I'd done a few. And so by teaching it, I tightened up my map making process and and not only that, I started getting asked to do a lot of maps. So every time I've taught something, there's something about what I did for the project and taught that then for some strange reason becomes something in demand f- that, that people are asking from me, uh, at, you know, from client work and stuff like that. So it's like, that double shot of getting to refine and get become uh, an expert in something even more if I wasn't already. And then also that becoming an impetus for more work in that line with odd bodies, you know, I really got a chance to figure out what goes into my way of drawing people. So I got to systematize it. I created almost like a, a, a system and a process for how, how I do that. And then after that became something that I became known for. And, I, I, and before I had that class, I had always struggled with how to in, incorporate characters into my work. So yeah, teaching and illustrating really play off each other like that. Unless I'm teaching something I'm doing, unless I'm really looking at how I do things. I'm not able to teach a very good class. Mm, That's awesome. Okay. Um, One more question from the regime asked, what programs do you use to help you streamline or how you, how you put a class together? Or Mm -hmm. is that something that you've developed over time in, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know about programs or is it a system that you create or a process that you create for you said two or 300 hours that's a lot of hours to put together to create a class Mm, i said three or four hundred hours and there is no streamlining with classes so unfortunately i i figured out a, a, a lot more ways of streamlining illustration where it comes to things like classes uh partly because i'm my own client right? I'm making these and, and I'm the one who has to say it's good. The one who has to say it works. And finding a really good idea is, is a process. Um, I do have principles that I apply to my classes, but it's less about streamlining the process and more about making sure that I'm directing myself in a class toward, toward a good class. And so I don't have the, the graphic here I used to have it on my wall. I've been wondering where it is, but it's called the teaching cone. And it's kind of like a a sideways ice cream cone. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's really the structure of my classes. It's, you know, figure out what a struggle or a pain point is, address that need, and then 
figure out how and why you're going to do that in an ever-increasing focused way until the, the student understands the problem, they're able to identify it for themselves, and they have some tools to work it out with, give them a chance to prove it in a project, and then make sure that project is shareable uh, so that um, they're motivated to make that project in the first place, and then the class self-promotes right? It creates this. And so that's, that's about as much of a system as I have for writing classes. Ask, ask the team at Skillshare, uh, how, how the process goes for me. I I'll, you know, get in touch with them in September and say, Oh, I have this idea for a class. What do you think? Like, it's great. And then it's like April. And I'm like, I'm almost done the draft for the class. Like it, it, it's, it, it, they really come very fast. And, and I think that's, it really depends on who you are and how much of an overthinker you are. And um, I would just say, um, I need to teach, I, I think I need to like teach a class on how to teach a class and that way I'll, I'll, I'll then I'll have a streamlined process for it. Yeah, that would be, yeah. that's a great, or how to come up with a project or, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I think, I think that that's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into just responding to people and then, um, in actually teaching the class, but then there's the, the stuff that's just the creating and making something that other people can do, or am I simplifying it enough or making some of those uh, things? So we didn't get through all these, maybe we can do a part two, Mm -hmm. maybe you'd be up for a part two, but Tom, thank you so much. I just want to make sure everybody knows how to get in touch with you. These links will be, if you're listening on uh, wherever you get your podcasts, it's right at the top. Um, and then if you're listening or watching on YouTube, it's right there as well at the top. But it's um, if you want to go to, if you want to be one of the 25, if they're not all done, um, Tom Froese, F-R-O-E-S-E dot com at slash creatives ignite. Um, and then that, he was giving us a special bit. So hopefully you guys um, get, get those first 25. And then if not, you can always go to all of his teaching is at tomfrost.com slash teaching, which is a very simple way to do it. And if you aren't already following him on Skillshare, just make sure you got that MR in front of Tom Frost, right? Um, so Mr. Tom Frost and um, just Instagram.com slash that. And then on YouTube, you have a YouTube channel as well. There's no Mr. yet in front of that, but um, that's great job getting the vanity URL on uh, YouTube. So youtube.com slash Tom Frost. So Tom, thank you so much. You were terrific. And I am very thankful to be one of your students. And I'm very thankful that you put up with me and all my craziness here. And I just wish you all the luck and I can't wait to keep learning from you every year. So thank you so much. And thank you guys for all coming. Ashwin came at the very end. Buddy, we start at 7.30 Ireland time. I'm just kidding. Uh, he's an illustrator too. He probably had mm-hmm. something to do with his kids or he had class. He says, I'm just playing, buddy. It's okay. Um, and uh, everybody else, I'll see you next week. Next week's a rapid recharge. And thanks for staying late. And Tom, thank you for staying. And I'm going to hit stop. Thank you for having me. Always. Bye. Anytime. <laughs>